Welcome, everyone, to Alter Echo, the pulpit voice of me, Andy Smith, pastor of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. I am so glad you are along. Let's come now together into the presence of God. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Alter Echo. We are on week three of this podcast, which also happens to coincide with the last full week now of the season of Lent. We'll get to that in just a little bit. I'm sitting at the island in my kitchen, looking out the kitchen window. It's a bright, sunshiny day here in Minnesota, 45 degrees. All of the snow that fell last night is already melted off for the most part. But I'm watching a mama cardinal and a purple finch square off at the bird feeder. (laughs) They're on the same side of the bird feeder, and they're each individually picking up these little black sunflower seeds, just gingerly squaring off and and staring each other down, wondering, I think, almost who's going to be in charge, who's going to win and get this side of the birdhouse for quite a while, the bird feeder. It's so enjoyable to watch God's creation as it is alive and vibrant, especially this time of the year. I'm also coming to you on St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you, especially those of you who are Irish. Curiously, and I won't bore you with all kinds of St. Patrick details, but Patrick was not Irish. He was British. And as the story goes, and that's going to be our pattern for today as well, as the story goes, Patrick was captured and taken back to Ireland by a band of rogue Irishmen who were actually descending upon his family's estate. He was from a wealthy family in Britain. And they took Patrick back to Ireland where he was in captivity for six years and finally escaped and freed himself going back to Britain But during that time, diving into his faith, which, you know, as many, many of these types of stories um, uh, share with us, um, he had dived into because he was asking God to save him. So he dived into his faith and decided that it was his calling to go back to Ireland and to help grow the Christian faith in a pagan country, which he did. One of the geniuses of Patrick, though, was that he did use Christian symbols and overlaid them onto Irish cultural symbols. He didn't try to take away um, and, and, and get rid of the culture that was there and replace it with Christianity, but he said, Christianity speaks to you in your life and, and culture, and I'm going to do that for you to help tell the story. And so one of the things, for instance, that he did was took the sun, which was a pagan symbol in that religion in the 400s, 400 AD, and he superimposed it upon a cross and essentially told those Irish people the cross of Jesus Christ speaks to you in your culture with your symbols too. And it worked. It took hold. The faith grew during the time of Patrick. So there's just a little trivia for you today. Should we get to the Gospels today? This is from Luke. We're on the last week of our Lenten series called Confession, Correction, and Reconnection. And this week it happens to be called Being a Servant. That's the subtitle. So the Gospel today is from Luke chapter 18, starting at verse 31 and going all the way through 19, chapter 19, verse 10. 
listen to these familiar stories, and then we'll, we'll talk about them on the other side. Then Jesus took the twelve aside and said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be handed over to the Gentiles, and he will be mocked and insulted and spat upon. And after they have flogged him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. But they understood nothing about all these things. In fact, what he had said was hidden from them. And they did not grasp what was said. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard a crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Then he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who were in front sternly ordered him to be quiet. But he shouted even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. Immediately he regained his sight and followed Jesus, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, praised God. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see Jesus because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome Jesus. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay them back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and save the lost. Everyone, this is the gospel, the good news of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So we have a prediction of Jesus' death, the third one in this gospel. We have Jesus healing a blind beggar lowest among those in status in society other than women. And then we have Jesus with a very rich person who has uh, probably defrauded a whole lot of people by shaking them down for more taxes than they were supposed to pay, who has a transformation because of Jesus. And suddenly and rightly and apparently permanently is seeing who he is and willing to walk everything back and then go four times as far back to repair, 
relationships with people to pay reparations. So that's what we have today on being a servant. So pray with me, will you? Lord Jesus, simply today, humble us. Humble us as you humbled yourself for the sake of the whole world, that we might be part of your project of transforming the entire creation by your servanthood and ours. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to spend time on the beggar and really on Jesus' interaction with him today. And then, as the story goes, (laughs) I want to share with you a few as the stories go today. But I do want to say about Zacchaeus, this is a key. He's a key figure in these stories. They're all connected. They're, story, they're all three stories of healings. Even those who didn't understand Jesus are still the recipients of the healing that Jesus brings. <laughs> Isn't that good news? And the beggar is healed of his blindness, among other things. Healed maybe of a heart that's been so lost and lonely, lost in that way, or hurting, suffering. And he's healed a different kind of blindness that Zacchaeus had, and he's opened his eyes, and Zacchaeus becomes, a, he becomes an emblem for us of, of what Jesus wants us to be. So, servants of others. Let's go back, though, to verse 41 in chapter 18, because it's just such a key. Jesus gets through the crowd, gets rid of all the layers of whatever expectations were out there, just is himself real, standing next to a blind beggar who can't even see him, but certainly can see with the other senses of his life. (laughs) And he probably looks right at that young man. And he says, Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? Do we expect that from Jesus? He did say, I have come not to be served, but to serve. And he also did say, no greater love has one than this, that one lay down one's life for one's friends. But really, do we expect Jesus to serve us? That's just jolting, isn't it? So as the story goes, I was teaching confirmation a couple years ago at St. John's. And we broke into small groups after we were done, like we do every single Wednesday night. And that night, the topic happened to be servanthood. (laughs) And as part of my presentation, I told the kids that we are called to be servants of one another and of everybody. That probably is jolting enough because it's really hard to understand what that might mean. But when I was walking around from group to group, I overheard one girl saying, they want us to be servants? (laughs) Like that. She just couldn't understand it. And the context that I think she was um, talking with was, they want us to be servants? You mean like servants in a rich person's house? Somebody who has to wear a a tuxedo and a bow tie, maybe even have a white towel over over their arm, and we have to serve everybody's needs. It had that quality to it. She hadn't quite gotten it yet. Curiously, the answer to her question, they want us to be servants, (laughs) is yes. This is where God, through Jesus, wants us to ultimately go and get to. 
to cut through all the stuff in life, all the hierarchy, all the stratifications, all the barriers, all the things that separate us, all the things that make people distinct from each other in not good ways so that there is condescension and arrogance and ladder climbing and you name it, to just cut all of that away and get down to earth where we see one another as fellow human beings. All of us with needs, joys, sorrows. And we look each other in the eyes like Jesus did with that blind man and say to each other, what do you want me to do for you? What do you need me to do for you? In the spirit of Christ and with the presence of Christ, this girl didn't quite get this yet. There is probably in each one of us an element of undesire for being a servant, yet that's our calling. So as the story goes, I'm going to rewind my life story just a little bit and go back about 10 years when my daughter Anya, my middle child, was in high school. This was at First Lutheran Church in Brainerd, Minnesota, where I served at that time and where she grew up. And for many, many years during those years that I was there, we went on a servant trip almost every single year. We went and took kids all over the country, and they signed up for those trips so fast, the list filled just like that. It was such a good thing. They got to those places, and we told them that we were here not to swoop in and be saviors, but we were there to accompany people on the journey of life. That's what it means to be a servant, to walk shoulder to shoulder, to honor each other with as much mutual respect as we possibly can have, to love each other, to ask God to carry all of us. We accompany each other. And the kids really got that. That that spoke to them and settled in their hearts. And so this particular year, my daughter Anya was a senior in high school, and we went in three-year cycles on trips at that church. The first two years were servant trips around the country for about a week or so, 10 days. And the third year of that cycle was a national youth gathering trip. And that particular year was going to be the national youth gathering. And Anya came to me. She said, Dad, I am not going to go to the national youth gathering. I said, Anya, why? And she said, it's not serving people. And my my heart just swelled. It sang because she had gotten it. She had caught the spirit. She was a few years older than maybe those kids a couple years ago who didn't quite understand what it meant to be a servant or didn't want to be. But she had she had transformed. And she thought to herself and said to me out loud, I can't go on that trip because it would feel like just a waste of money. It's just a fun trip. And I said, oh, Anya, you need to go on a trip like that. You're going to be in a place where 35 to 40,000 other ELCA kids just like you are in a football stadium somewhere. And for four or five days, you're going to hear stories and messages from people about how, they, how they've lived their lives of faith and how God has impacted them and changed their lives and, and helped and healed them. That That's going to make all the difference for you in your life too. And you're also going to look around and think, there are this many kids like me who have a faith? <laughs> and it's going to change you. And then also, Anya, you know what? There's a servant component to this. And that year, we happened to be in New Orleans. And we did clean up after one of the hurricanes. How about that? So Anya did eventually go, but I was so proud of her thinking through this and thinking, I would rather spend my time and my money 
on behalf of others, to serve, to love, to get the sense of what Christ is doing on the ground in the most regular and gritty ways, being salt of the earth with one another. Good for her. At that same church, there was a fellow named Bert. He was on the call committee that hired me. And I'll never forget, in my interview at that congregation, Bert asked me some questions about how important creating community was. And that was a big theme for me, a very important thing. And I told him so. And he said, well, good, because we are all about creating community here. Hmm. How about that? And that church was full of all kinds of community, diverse populations of people that all came to that place and served together, worshiped together, lived out their faith together. No one better than the other. Those stratifications were gone because they had that mission of creating community in that place, being servants of and for and with each other. So let me bring us back to St. John's where I serve now. All kinds of servanthood emphases are taking place as well. Our kids are also catching this spirit of servanthood. We take servant trips as well in the summertime. Unfortunately, last year, COVID wiped us out, didn't it? Just like so many. And this year, it's going to do the same thing. But 2022 is down the line, not too far. And we'll be back. But just... In the past three weeks, in this month of March, and for the next week or so, our confirmation kids are serving <laughs> at Feed My Starving Children and at Veep up in Bloomington, volunteers enlisted to assist people. Servanthood. The fire has been lit by the spark of that love, that sharing, that caring that helping, that walking the road of life together. And these kids understand it as I think we would and do also as real truth. This is who Jesus is. I came not to be served, but to serve, Jesus says. He walks up to a blind beggar sitting by the road and says, what do you want me to do for you? He says, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down one's life for one's friends. This is what the Christian life is all about, accompanying each other on this journey, on the road. Last thing today, everyone. There is a hymn in our hymnal, 659, if you happen to have a red hymnal at home, the new ELW, called Will You Let Me Be Your Servant? Here's how it goes. Will you let me be your servant? Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I may have the grace to let you be my servant too. I'll leave you with that this week. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? For you. Our calling is to take up his mission, to be servants with him, and to let this same question, this declaration with the people in our lives, with anybody and everybody, be our mission as well. What do you want me to do for you? Dear friends, this is what the love of God is all about. And I hope that this reconnection, as we take hold of this and grasp it this week, reconnects us not just to God, 
not just to the living Christ and the Holy Spirit, not even just to each other, but also to ourselves, that the reconnection happens with our souls so that our souls come alive and know truth when we hear it. God bless all of you. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.